BBL. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. It definitely was that and everything else that's around it. I'll let you introduce that shit, man. I'm going to go get some Heineken. I'm like about to do it. We can do that. All right, we are doing it. All right. We are doing it. And sounding great doing it. This is the Fresh of My Fresh podcast. Curtis Metcalf, your host. My co-host, Dead Start J. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, we got a, a lot of things we want to talk about being that we supposed to did this episode like last weekend. And phone calls. A lot of phone calls happened. A lot of action was going on in the street and in the air, in the spirit too. So, just want to shout out couple people uh, Don Palmer Don Palmer um, I know Carrie was in there Don Palmer called me was a lot of just a lot of brotherly information and everything that he's that he's been doing and going to you know that's a down real down brother yeah I heard me speak about Don Palmer earlier in this series in this campaign called Fresh from My Fresh. Um if you take take a few episodes back, I wanna say what episode was that? That was sometime in like season three, season four. But anyway, Palmo is like one of the main people out of the mobile rap scene. Like his name is actually on things that you can find. And joints just as old as Last Mr. Bed, Rest in Peace and Senile and anybody else and there's 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 weight that comes behind it because after he after he split the spot he did big things in the music world. I think I told y'all my homie uh, Ghost Rights for E forty. Like a lot of big names he wrote for. I ain't gonna blow the spot but he like he wrote he wrote he wrote like latest hits for E40. Got a few receipts, but we ain't been sleeping around here. I ain't doing it to show off. I'm doing it to show what type of work we have done and so far. It's been a lot of great, beautiful work getting to the pay dirt. Um this this episode in this season. We supposed to have finished this on Christmas. We supposed to have did this on like before or after Christmas, but this is just about as post Christmassy as it gets. A post Christmas pre New Year's episode. Um we two days away. We two days away for twenty twenty four and if you have a change to be that person you want to be in the mirror or been motivated to be better than the person in the mirror, the person you got to deal with. What is your malfunction, soldier? It's going down. It's a whole. It's a whole battle. It's a whole war outside. And and speaking on what's going on, you know, Israel, Gaza Strip, and stuff like. It's a lot of clashing. It's a lot of clashing. It's a lot of clashing. You're seeing it in real time. You seeing how it gets so it gets so grimy out here, and it's grimy with people in your close proximity too. 
link up with people that got the gold mines. Look, you know, like gold mine, they mine is gold, you know. There's some people out here that's been waiting to talk to you. There's been people out here that's been waiting to converse with you about some deep stuff that they can't just can't talk to anybody else about. There are people out here who haven't seen you in a long time and miss your energy. You got to get to that business. I bet you you get to that business. Yeah, I bet you you get to that business there. Your whole plan going to hit a whole nother gear. Because it's going to be another gear. We got a whole nother. You got to shift the gear on people. That's my old uh, That's my old super, job supervisor. Oh, a little bit speaking of job. My job that I was at for close to 20 years closed up. Mobile Press Register ran this last paper. February 26th. Of this year, we was notified that the plant was going to close November 5th of 2002. So, this year has taken on personally um, a whole consequence. I hear like it has real life consequences, like and transitions, right? Transitions too, but you know, it hits you because, like. I found myself scrambling, like, where I'ma get, where I'ma get my next, where I'ma get my next job. Well, you know, some people, some people was employed. It took forever to get to you. My first, my first job interviews was something like, you know, <laughs> some places far out. You got to leave town. You got to leave town, like especially when you've been comfortable at a spot for yeah, a certain amount yeah. Of time, you got it works for you, like you, you already got, like you, you, you got your. You got your shit mapped out. You know what time I get home, what time I go to work. I know I know this. I can stop here, do that. Yeah. Pay a bill, do this, come home. Like you get all that shit mapped out for twenty years. It's a motherfucker when you got to switch up that protocol. I know it got to be. Yeah. It was serious. It's, it was serious. I got one of my first interview was one of those people that uh, one of those places. It was all. Uh, it was a nice place. They built they built uh pumps uh pumps for uh aircraft. And stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? I was like looking at that going into being being, you know, being a mechanic in that field. But then they said that uh we're a family here. And you know <laughs> yeah, I got hit with that in real life right there. Yeah, you don't you know? bother me no more. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Merry Christmas, filthy animal. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Oh, that was Jamal. That was Jamal's bro. Right there. Throwing cigarettes at me. Oh, he got you. Oh, he he looked out. Yeah. But yeah, I got the. I got the weird family here and stuff, and it was like in Fairhope, and it was like, you know, I was asking for 17 an hour, but that would have been turned into $12 an hour because of how much I was going to have to spend on gas alone, you know? Facts. Yeah. I want to have to, I want to have to there. It's already 30 minutes getting to Daphne, then the traffic. The boy, they, they, I, think, I think going to the Eastern Shore traffic is worse than coming let's, to, let's, let's coming to our side let's traffic. Keep, let's keep it real, man. A lot of us, especially when you're unemployed and you're looking for a new job, a lot of us don't take into consideration the commute, right? You feel what I'm saying? No. Nah. Like at the end of the day, you just, 
if they tell you you gonna make such and such an hour or whatever, they'll be like, mm, that's good money. And then, but when you realize how much you drive, how much wear and tear you put on your car, the time it takes you to get there, how many times you actually gonna be late before you get fired? Ooh, to be honest with you, right? You know what I'm saying? And when when you take that into consideration, that's not a stress that you should put on yourself if you don't have to. In all honesty, because like that's just that's just more anxiety and stress on yourself as a person because you're paying more money for gas, you pay more money on car maintenance, and then you paying you paying the, the time and the energy that it takes. Everybody only thinks about what it takes to get to where you're going. Nobody ever thinks about what it takes to get to come back from where you go. Not not at all. Because when you got to get back to something. Sometimes you need to you need to make it to work on time, but sometimes you need to make it to home. You need to make it home. home. Yeah, yeah. And you have to be able to be be cognitive of of that fact. And we don't always put it like that because we know we go into the money, but we got to come back home to reality. That's just my that's my take on it. To be honest with you, when when folks go out their way to go to jobs just just for the bread, it don't always work out that way. Like sometimes you can take a pay cut. And really be it would really make more money taking a pay cut if you don't have to travel too far. That's what it is. That's sure what it is. I get you another one on that same level. I I didn't work at that that place I mentioned. They even called me back and said, like, you know, they would they would pay me seventeen an hour, but I ain't never answered the phone when they called. Uh Hopped back on the net, found another spot um, right around the corner from my house. Boom. Yeah, right around the corner. Tell me how that don't work for you. Oh, okay. This one right here, I was showing just my hustle at the beginning. At the beginning of it. Well, I remember this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) At the beginning of this one, it wasn't nothing in there that they showed me for the first time that I did a work on and repair. That was, um, you know, it's a uh, processing plant for fish. They had a whole product chain going in there, how to process it and stuff. A lot of stuff is like, um, like on some of the hardware that they use to uh, slap labels, like label makers and uh, scanners and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I was like really right on on that. This ain't nothing I worked on before, but it's like. I got a PlayStation at home. I know how you know you know if you can fit yeah if you if you mess with a phone if you mess with a Android or iPhone you already know how to hook up the USB yeah 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 and then we was on we was on a time like you can't hold up if something's wrong with the line maintenance be the first ones on it and stuff and at the same time I'm getting trained I'm getting trained on how to tend to the ozone machine how to uh what breakers control what uh freezing units and all this and uh it was another guy it was another guy that was there and and it be some real dudes that work at these jobs that look out for you especially when you show especially when you showing like you know initiative that you showing initiative you come here to work yeah. you come here to work and it didn't take long for me to learn of news of what was going on before I got hired yeah but it wasn't a thing in there that I didn't have my hand on, like changing a uh, changing a blade on one of those um, 
one of those things that's like they used to cut pork legs and stuff oh, like yeah, that right here. Yeah, yeah, it's a like it's a circular salt. Yeah, it's kinda like yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put a belt on one of those. That was one of the last things. That's one of the last things I did when I was when I was at that job. And it was cool. It was cool for like what they was paying. It was cool for what they was paying. Yeah. It's just what happens at so many other jobs is the is the 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 department manager. Man, you know, like, a whole lot of things I come to find out. Um, you can't be overqualified for jobs. That's number one, bro. That's one. You, you'll find, you find that people like me, the reason why, like, folks that always ask me, like, man, why you had so many jobs, man? Why you always can't keep a job? I'd be like, well, it's two things. Like, it's the fact that I sound like an asshole when I talk to people because my New York accent creeps out when I'm feeling fucked up about shit. And... People just that shit is off putting when you in the south. Because <laughs> it, it sounds like you you smarter, yeah, yeah everybody. Oh, just, you smarter it, than me? Huh? Yeah, it just it just off putting to some folks, man. I, I can't even explain that shit. Folks wouldn't believe me, but I'm telling you, it's off putting. And like the this, the second reason is is that sometimes, man, you got to realize that when you working at a fucking job, and they ask you for your fucking C, your CV. And you give it to them, and they realize that, hey, this person has a master's degree and all this type of shit, but they choose to do this job. They don't realize, like, hey, yo, I like to do more than one job. I just want to do this so I know I have steady income coming in because the entertainment business is is fucking insane. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have to depend on whether somebody's going to buy a beat or, goddamn, I get enough streams on a podcast or somebody wants to feature me on a song or, or make me write a song or my movie gets... I don't want to focus on that because I got shit to do for a kid, so I need a job that that I can just do that. And I need that job to be simple because I don't need that job to be some shit that is more... takes more time and energy than my actual passion. I need just to be something simple. Like, I will come goddamn clean a bathroom. Like, I will come fucking goddamn... Just be the nigga that sweep up your your your, your fucking goddamn residence or some shit like that. I will babysit kids if motherfuckers will let me. I don't give a shit about that. I just need a job that doesn't take a whole lot of energy mentally because I need to put my energy mentally into something else. And I say all that to say that that's the reason why you ever wonder why you why goddamn motherfuckers don't never give you the credit that that you good and diligent at your job is because they know that you can work goddamn. They know that you didn't cut a light switch off and you just around there not giving a fuck. They want people to work somewhere and act like they give a fuck. But we don't give a fuck. <laughs> we'll do the job, but we don't give a fuck, bro. You know what I'm saying? They want you to work and give a fuck. And that's the reason why a lot of jobs don't... Like, I, I could stay there for however long and everybody will love me, but the managers will always hate my ass because when they bring me into little meetings and all that type of shit and say shit to me, I be looking at them like... Looking at my watch and shit, like, man, I'm still on the... You made me clock out for this shit? Why you had this shit after I clocked out? I should have still been on the clock for this stupid-ass meeting. And I said that shit at my last job. Needless to say, I got fired. But I'm just saying, don't call a meeting after I clock out. Call a meeting while I'm still on the clock. I don't get paid. What the fuck? If I'm not getting paid to listen to your bullshit anyways, bro. That's my first time hearing about that, too. You know what I'm saying? That's my first time hearing because... The job I'm at now, they have meetings. 
but it's mostly managers over brass and stuff, you know. Yeah, but I yeah. need to be on the clock when you have a meeting. They all will be on the clock. Yeah, bitch had me off the clock at a meeting. My fucking ride outside and shit waiting on my ass. And my attitude, my attitude about that is like, if I'm off the clock, I'm not working. I'm not. I don't have to sit here and have a conversation with you. No. I, I am not required to talk to you. I have no priority to talk to you at all. I have done everything that was required of me as an employee for this establishment today. Because I clocked the fuck out. But no, I'm supposed to be the good employee. Yeah. But yeah. at the end of the day, didn't y'all motherfuckers buy pizza instead of giving us a goddamn <laughs> break for Christmas and shit? Like There's always pizza. a way to deny to deny somebody their money. Yeah, throw the old pizza party and stuff. Throw a pizza yeah. party instead of a Christmas bonus. You could have gave niggas goddamn dude. I'd I swear to God, y'all could have gave me twenty. Y'all could have gave me a twenty five dollar fucking gift card for pizza, and I would have I would appreciate that more. You could have did I that. Ate that shit with my family. You could have did it on your own. I could I could add up on your own time when people are actually like and shit. Yeah. Except I got to eat with these motherfuckers who I don't trust. Who all been cleaning up shit all day, by the way? You know wow, what I'm saying? Wow, like, that, was, that was deep. Do I want them near any pizza? That's, We're janitorial staff. That's deep right there. Nigga. That's deep right there. They give people all types of trauma right there. You know? Dude, who the fuck wants to have a pizza party with the janitorial staff? <laughs> but, we, but we are family, though. It's the nastiest pizza party in history, bro. And by the way, Papa John's still sucks. <laughs> Papa John's still Papa John's pizza. Papa John's pizza. The only pizza you got to cook twice. <laughs> For real, it's like they do something. It does something. It does something to you. Like, you got to cook it again, bro. When yeah. you bring it to you, mom, just throw that shit right now, bro. Don't eat that shit. But back to the job I was, I had, went to and stuff. Like, I was there. Uh, yeah, and they was like, they was having all types of problems with like people who who worked shifts you had a bunch of people you was offering overtime you could like you know yay i guess that's the incentive with jobs around here like you know we make you know we get all this out we making we we breaking personal records around here hey you can come in make all the time you want on a day on your off day yeah so it got so bad to the point to where it's like they had to stop overtime for everybody, period, because they got separated on teams. <laughs> they got to separate. You got a day shift and you got a night shift. Niggas trying to work every shift. Yup. <laughs> and folks was not coming in. Yeah. They wasn't coming in on the sh- on days they, they supposed to sw- came in. They swapping out hours trying to catch them up. And then it was like, and then you have, you had the, uh, the shifts were comprised of temporary workers. So you had like, they had like two or three. I know I was on one of them. But the uh, the service I was working with, they get you interviews to the manager or whatnot. So I was different from folks that worked at Clark or NCO. Yeah, or yeah you well. dealing straight yeah. with the man. You ain't dealing yeah. with no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I ain't dealing with like, this person who's over some supervisors. Nah, you do the managing yeah. and the people that you're working for. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And about the manager, he had people in there before, like, really hired them on the buddy system. Like, you, my boy, I'm a, I'm a high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come come in here with me and make this money, for, you know. And then when it's like, it was like two, two or three months, both of them, both of them dipped on them. 
So you back there with a decimated department. Now you got to hire folks. The black guy I was talking about earlier, so he's a li- yeah, the black guy. He was really campaigning for me because like he had been there three months already through the temp service. Clark, Clark was the uh, temp service. Yeah. And he was campaigning for like man, you gotta get. Yeah, he was like talking to the manager that the dude that hired me. It was like you really gotta get back here and hire some more black folks. He pretty much that's what he told him. He told me this one day. He told me this one day. It's like, man, I campaigned to get get a dude like you back here or whatever, you know what I'm saying? He told me about all all the stuff that he did. And it was coming up on time for that raise and everything. So I'm hearing all this. I see this. They had they they got they got one guy. He's there. Like the second in command. You gotta have somebody. You gotta have somebody there when the manager ain't 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 there. He was the one that was training me on the system and everything. Um, there was another guy, there was another guy, another, uh, younger, younger dude, and he's working here, but also going to school for, uh, HVAC. Oh, yeah, 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 so it's like, you got people looking to make money elsewhere, but they working here, so you already see, they ain't gonna be as dedicated because they, gotta go that they, 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 they can leave any day. Yeah. They can leave any day. Yeah. It's like yeah. having an intern. It's like it's like 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 folks that like that have been up there with us at the gallery and all that type of stuff. Like the interns that that's been up there at Haystack. Like they committed, but they only committed for that season to be committed. Ah. Uh. Because you got to realize that there's no way in the world that they're just gonna be there the whole entire time because they got dreams and schemes and things that they want to fulfill. So you know. Those are not hireable people. Like, that's what that's what I'm trying to tell you, D Rock. Like, we not even hireable people. You might not look at yourself like that shit, but we're not hireable people. Like, we're people that work jobs, and we hope that people don't un- that people don't get the fact that we're not hireable. Like, we hoping that they just be like, yeah, go ahead, come. and we go shoot every day, work our ass off, and do all that type of shit. But when they see we don't give a fuck because we have no passion at all for it, then when it's either time for somebody to get fired or somebody's doing some real dumbass bullshit, it's going to show on us. It's going to show on us because, to be honest with you, I can't, matter of fact, I'm not going to speak for you, but I know you I know you as an artist and, and as, a, as an entertainer and as an artist, I know you can identify with this. Like, you know why, you know, you know when a job is just about money, you don't even give a shit. Like, you're not trying to be the CEO of whatever company you work for. You're not trying to work your way up, nigga. Let's be honest. You're just trying to get yourself to make enough money to where you can do whatever the fuck you want to do and not feel like you ain't got shit. Like most artists. Because if you do want to be rich... If you do want to be a fucking billionaire, it's not that that's going to fucking make that shit happen. It's going to be all the all the knowledge and things that you've retained throughout the industry that you actually want to that you want to be in or you are in rather. So it's, it's not that when you're already a part of an industry, making another making another industry richer is not really the goal. Like you you can't you can't serve two masters. But at the same time, 
you have to you have to um you have to compensate your income, man, in order in order to do certain things in life, and that's just the way that the world works. So it's not like, I mean, if I if I wanna if I wanna run a let's say let's say it's ten thousand years ago, and I wanna run a little bar in Rome or Africa or something like that, you know, where we serve meat or wine or some shit like that, I could run that and have person serving the stuff and all type of stuff. I get up early in the morning and I go hunt. Me and my son or daughter go hunt, catch some food or catch something, come back, put that shit on the barbecue. That's on the menu for today and all that type of shit. But if all I really, really love to do is get on stage and sing for the people while they eat and all that type of stuff, that's what I did all that for. I did all that work just so I could entertain these people. And let them hear some beautiful music and write beautiful songs and all that type of shit. And if that's your life, that should be your life. That's the way I look at my life. I look at I look at my life as a person. I go and work hard every day, just so I can get out here and make sure that people have art and entertainment in their life. So no, I don't care about the hunting part. If y'all niggas eating rabbit today, y'all eating rabbit today. Y'all eating goat today. I might have stole a goat off of a fucking ranch or some shit like that. If y'all eating chicken today, that's what I caught today. If y'all eating pigeon today, that's what I caught today. I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna cook that shit the same way I cooked it yesterday. I'm gonna serve y'all the same fucking wine I served y'all yesterday. But the song that I'm gonna sing is gonna be something that's really beautiful and means something to me. It might be about my mother or my brother or my sister or something like that. It might be about myself or my children. And that's gonna mean more to me than what I did just to get y'all people in here to listen to it. And that's the way I've always looked at it, in all honesty. I work whatever just to make the people understand that art makes life better. Food tastes better when the, when, when the music's better. Liquor don't even taste as bad out there when you catch a vibe. So, that's just my take. My bad. I was, <laughs> uh, just, just going through, you know... And while we have our own individual struggles, we have people out here with their individual struggles and they just want to be better. Or they may be stuck learning their lesson. We have people that passed away from us, man. Um, we lost the shit, man. So we, left, we lost our brother. Whew. We Where do we start? FBJ, man. We, started, we lost our brother FBJ. We lost Montre Slate. Lost the brother Slate, man. Shout out to Slate Gate, man. We lost uh, Jake the Great. Jake the Great. Um, I know one dude I wished I got up with a lot in past years. It's the boy uh Naya Naya Bingy. He's known as Naya. He was uh one of the best like acoustic guitar players. Okay. Acoustic guitar player that was around here. You know, I be, I met him through. I met him back in like 2012 on Facebook and stuff like where he was like real, real heavy on that. We started having conversations then like poetry night, got introduced to oh, him no, in I the flesh. I didn't even know he passed away, bro. Yeah, he passed away like um, September, I want to say. Lord. Yeah. I met him in like, I think that was May or June or something like that, probably. It was... Mid, it was it was mid years. Begin, it was still kind of cool, so it might have been like March or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah, okay. he he was he was a real bright soul, like one of the one of the genius people to come out of Mobile and stuff, man. You know, like on a on a music on a musical scale, I don't think he did. You know, he didn't make like records or anything, but he played on stuff that was known as a, just a dope player. I know the uh, I know Huggy Bad knew him. I know Tess knew him, which is another one, another one yeah. of our people. You know, um, FBJ's passing really hidden. It hit hard, man. It hit hard. It hit hard. It you know, we hard. attended. We attended the. Um, we attended the funeral, and it was like every day after that. I like after the funeral, then there was the uh, what was it? The, was it currency? No, nah, no. Nah. Who was who was that? It was the Devin the Dude concert. It was the Devin the Dude concert that FBJ and TJ, TJ was supposed to was supposed to uh. I didn't open for I don't think, I, don't think I, I didn't attend that concert. No, nah, you I, wasn't there. I, no, I wasn't there. I was, I, ca- I came to the um, the memorial concert. You did. Um, but I, I didn't attend. Yeah, that I was concert. working up to that. Like that was the devil the dude show. Mm-hmm. And TJ had to change the whole thing up about it because FBJ's going. Yeah, and that was TJ too, man. TJ yeah, that was a, that was an experience. To witness within itself, uh, yeah, I met a whole lot of people. I met more people. I met more of FBJ's home homies, you know, uh, just to show where the brother came from. I got to show that, and you got to show that unity too. Uh, shout out to uh, shout out to Tay Hardy Jr. Shout out to All Man Sylvester. Shout out to DJ Smooth, my big cuz. Um, Orlando, Merciless, Marcellus, um, like, got to meet the real homies of him, like, no, no, them. Yeah, because it's always a circle within, within the circle. Right? It's always a circle within the circle, and I, you know, I, I kind of, like, pride myself on knowing, knowing that circle, Yeah. you know, so it won't be no loose or missing links. And everything. Um, I was around. I, I've been around people that saying it's like, damn. I had a chance. I had a chance. I either had a chance to work with FBJ, and didn't take it, or just didn't get a chance to work with. I'm so glad I did, man. I'm so glad I, I got a chance to work with him, man. I'm so glad I got unreleased music by the man. So man. One of. Uh, yeah, you was one of the one of the last people yeah. that I know that really I was there. Who I was, was there the day. <laughs> the yeah. day y'all the day y'all hooked up. The yeah. day y'all hooked up. We was at the um we was at day and night school. I, I I I don't I don't say that and I and I don't say that for another clout chase. I say that because 'cause I'm happy, I'm proud that I, I can listen to him when I whenever I feel like him, I feel like we bonded on on, on some music. You know what I'm saying? And um Cause like, anytime I do music, I I like really bond with the person because I don't like when a person does doesn't do justice to to what I think is cool, and I don't think that the person will pick something that they don't feel like they can do justice to. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like when when we collaborate, it's actually like as a producer, it's, it's a real collaboration of us bringing 
coming together and shit. You know what I'm saying? It's two lines. So I always, always catch a bond with somebody I work with. But I had already had that bond with him, and um, and I just knew for a fact that that um he was gonna go on to make to make some to make some great music. And the sad part about hip hop is that um if you go back. Like you can listen to these weed raps and all that, mm-hmm. and you can go back. Then you realize how great he really was. It's just the fact that I just saw him on a trajectory of being even greater that I that I really really missed. That's why I cried so hard. Is you know to be honest with you, you know what I'm saying? Because I just knew that that something that the world was gonna miss something. And but you know. God bless his family, man. And, you know, shout out to everybody, man. Peace, peace to the gods on that one. Because at the end of the day, when you see when you when you see that, you're supposed to serve serve it as an example of what you can do today. May not necessarily be what you can do tomorrow. So just you know, I know it's a sound like a cliche, like make every day count. But it's not even so much that as much as it is that. Don't go into the new year. Don't go into 2024 thinking that you did everything wrong in 2023 because it didn't work out for you. Some of the shit that you did in 2023 was to set you up for 2024. I so believe that too. So you can keep you can keep some of those motives and the way that you move with that. Just don't think that it's wrong. You, you try to switch up. You can end up in, in a place where you don't want to be. Um, you can try to go too fast. You can end up in a... In, in a place where you're not really, really comfortable. And if you find yourself in a comfortable place and you feel good about yourself, your anxiety levels are low, you're thinking clearly and all that type of stuff, but you're just not in the right place financially or something like that, or you don't feel like you're living in the right place or whatever, whatever, that shit is all good. Just think about how you feel emotionally. If you feel emotionally good, keep that shit moving and keep building. Don't crash out. That's the de- definition of crashing out is being desperate. Don't be desperate. Don't be fucking desperate. That's all I can tell you for 2024. Don't be fucking desperate. I've been watching people fall off all these fucking years because they got desperate. They they got depressed. They didn't care. And I'm not talking about the folks that we just talked about who passed because most of those folks passed over un- like really untimely deaths. They didn't deserve to be in the position that they was in, and, and they did not do it to themselves. But I'm, I'm saying to the yeah, folks, real freaked out circumstances, real freaked yeah. out fucking circumstances. I'm telling you to the people that can control this shit, the people that can control it, man, calm down, take a deep breath, drink some water, drink a beer, hit a blunt, and just realize that at the end of the day, you don't have to always wake up. In the next year and say I have to change my life mm. You don't always have to change your mm. life Because if you said you changed your life last year Then what you gonna change your life for this year If you gonna change your life every year That means that you're not You're actually not committing to a goddamn thing When you gonna commit to something You wanna have a real lesson When you gonna commit to When you gonna commit to how you want your life to be At some point you have to make a decision And commit to it That's the only way you can see it through To fruition Uh huh that was just dead stock Jake. This nigga said, "Read my mind." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's another thing to look forward for. That's another another thing to look forward to. Oh, 
This will be this will be one of the last episodes we record on iPhone because I'd have made that leap and bought some gear. Okay. Yeah, just hadn't hooked it up yet. So, just to bring people the optimal experience of fresh from our fresh, what we what we attain, what we claim to do, I claim to fame. Well, shout out to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Along that. along with dead stop dead stop Jay's rules for life. Real nigga rules for life and stuff. Um, yeah, um, FBJ's death is is felt around it. That was a lot. That, that was a lot of energy around it. That they either pull people in or push or push them out. You know, we got to see we got to see some stars aligning with that. Um, right. At least, at least about right after that, you can say right after that, my cousin uh, Jake Jake the Great passed away under some crazy circumstances. It's like, man, people heard that he offed himself. I refuse to believe that. I'm one of those people that's like, you know, when I got that call, when I got that call, that was like, you know, I was in that world of disbelief. It's like, you know, really, what's going on? It was already something shocking when 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 FBJ died, but then Jake died. For for folks who don't know, Jake was one of the. He came from our camp. He came from Bulletproof, and knowing him linked me with his other cousin, which linked me to my cousin. All artists in the in in the city, and everything. He's one of the dopest rappers and dopest poets. Around here too, you know he he was once he dipped into it he he did the poetry because he felt like he wasn't respected like he should be in in rapping, and he went and did that made his mark in this city with that. Shout out to all the spoken word artists that know and love Jake because y'all had a hand in creating the man that he he was becoming it was a slow run it was a slow it was a slow roll he he was one of those people that made the mistakes of of life just being jumping off the porch early so to speak you know that happens that happens but then once you get a grasp on it you start building your world with ease and, you know, you start to thinking, you know, he was in the right spots and thinking like he was rationally running a business in uh in in Denver when when all of this happened. It's just how all of a sudden it's just like your world stops. Like it's you been and, lot, it's been a lot of that this year, man. And um to be honest with you, like those of us those of us that are still those of us that are still alive and, you know, have to kinda of mentally pick up the pieces. Because the ones that are closest to them folks gotta actually pick up actual pieces. I mean, clean out people's apartments, houses, pictures, all that type of stuff, right? You yeah. Know what I mean, like they yeah. have to go they have to go through it like that. And it's it's not easy. It's like my my, my grandfather just died. I gotta go to a funeral on January third. He's 101 years old. And at the end of the day, like, I, you, I don't even want to tell you the impossibility of what it is to clean up 
the house of a 101-year-old man when he has two houses on the same property, bro. Just going through that is is something in itself. So, dealing with people when they, when they die young, you, you can literally just, like, tote everything that they've ever accomplished away in a few boxes and this, that, and the other is, is a sad thing to think about. But the one thing, the one thing I'll give to technology and all that type of stuff that we have these days is the fact that for some reason, I always feel comforted by the fact that I can always go look at, look at a certain brother on a video. You know what I'm saying? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can I can listen to their music or I can watch something they did or I can listen to something that they that they performed and all that type of stuff and like just being able to do that in an easier way is 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 a, is a small way to heal. It's, it doesn't it's not gonna heal everybody that has to go through it hard, but I really do feel like like folks never left me in a certain extent because. To be honest with you, if you if you're an introvert the way I am, you really don't get out. The only you really don't get out that much. Normally, you don't see those folks every day, so like normally you do just see them like on social media and all that type of stuff. So, just being able to still see those same things and all that type of stuff, it gives you a little bit of comfort. But the one thing that you miss is the days, is, especially if you're creative, is the days that you want to work with them and you can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I wish this person, I, man, I just made this dope ass beat. I wish, I wish every J would get on this shit. Yeah, same Snap, with me, man. You know what I'm saying? Same with me. That that type of stuff, man. Really, I'm gonna take that hits hard. That hits hard from a creative standpoint. For a friendship standpoint, man. Of course, I always wish I could see my brother, but like all my friends, are, all my friends are partners in crime in in, one, in 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 two ways for the most part. It's always like, oh, we hang out. But we also do other shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we we also do other shit. Like we we do shit to try to further either entertainment, business, hip hop. However the fuck you want to look at it, we always coming up with ideas and things to do. And I love my friends to be able to put those ideas out, and some of my friends can actually just be like, yeah, okay, well I know a guy that does that, and I can do that. Oh, I can do this, and I can do that. And when you when you missing a guy that you want to tell that to. You miss that too. You know what I'm saying? Just as much as you miss that friend, you miss that outlet to be able to talk. Man, nigga, you, man, you, you snap on this beat, man. Listen to this shit, like, like I used to do with him all yeah. the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I miss that, man. And, he, and you know, they would. Um, James was a perfect. Shout out to TJ too, man. Yeah, because that's that's like one of the main reasons why I, you know, because TJ was my neighbor for a while, and um. He always he always supported me as a producer, man. Put me in a lot of positions to meet meet some good meet some good people, including James. Y'all put me on to James. He put me on to James too. It all happened at the same exact time. To be honest with you, that's some real shit. Yeah, yeah. They were the they were the real music dudes in in the city as far as like how they perform, their chemistry, and all that. Like I felt like I I got the I wasn't there when they linked up. But I was there when it started picking up and turning into these or we raps. Well, I remember I got invited to the Art Walk Cypher when I first came back from Atlanta. Oh, okay. Was 
the, the same one I was in? Yeah. Wow. November yeah. 11th, yeah, 2016. 2016. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was magic right there. Yeah, man. That that was my first time really kicking kicking with FBJ, man. That's my... Um, and uh, I had known you since, like, the... Well, I, I, I know of you, like, way before through Drake. Yeah, but, and then I started coming out to the uh, RS Battle League events. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so RS Battle League had started in 2014, 2015. Yeah. And so yeah, we had already started hanging out with, hanging out as a clique. And then, because um, of the meetings I used to have over here and all that type of shit. So, you know you, you're a hip-hop connoisseur. Even if you ain't battling it, you still at the meeting. <laughs> 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 I'd be like, what the fuck? What the fuck is D Rock doing here, man? <laughs> eating chicken and drinking beer and yeah, shit. Uh-huh. I was like, who's he managing? That's what I'm saying to myself this time. <laughs> like, who's manager is this? You know what I'm <laughs> so, but yeah, you all you you would come around and come around here and just always be around the league. And then like all that stuff, like the battle league is what switched into me like getting to know FBJ and FBJ is what got me knowing to what and this remember we was talking about talking points um that got me to understand where the hip hop scene has gone from then to now in Mobile, Alabama like on some real shit like then to now not even Mobile, Alabama but just in general like Mm. um that was that that time was like the the fucking what would you call that shit that shit was a secret war bro yeah. It was a secret war. Straight going, up. It was a secret war going on between the, you know, the cats that wanted to hit that auto tune really, really hard <laughs> and the cats that that grew up listening to their daddy's music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, or just, you know, like UGK and Wu-Tang and all that type of shit versus the niggas who just listened to Lil Wayne a whole lot. And... um. The funny thing about that shit is that those people are like four years divided. Yeah. Don't you when you talk about how niggas rap now versus like how how cats that we was dealing with that seem like they almost the same age. You're talking about about four years, mm-hmm. which is about the same amount of time it takes to graduate college. So yeah. That tells, that tells or high you, school. Or high school. So that tells you how much maturity you can get in that in that amount of time. In four years, so you talking about twenty six year olds rapping with eighteen year olds, yeah, shit like that, yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So you got a bunch of young niggas that that want to be on that future shit, and then you got a bunch of a bunch of niggas that before that they was listening to not that to whatever that shit was. They was listening to Jeezy and UGK and Outkast and Wu Tang and. Nas and all that type of stuff and so like they not even 30 but they not fucking with that shit and that shit is fine cause you that's know what? that shit I'ma I'm a, I'm a stop you right there hold that thought okay. for the next segment you know what I'm saying right. just, just, just hold that thought man right. somebody just put that shit in your life you know hearing the hot beat is a trigger yeah it is, it is a trigger Especially if if it's something that you really fiend for. If it's something you've been waiting to hear some hot shit. So if you've been waiting here 
if you've been, dog, you've been just been waiting to hear some dope shit. Regardless, I put up a post the other day and I was just like, man, it's not that I don't want to rap, man. It's just like the game is toxic and at the end of the fucking day, I just want to be inspired. Like, what do I do if I make some dope music right now? When the holidays are here. I'm gonna just, it's just gonna be for me. So why why does anybody give a fuck if I drop some music? Cause it's just gonna be for me. I mean, why would I? People don't realize the amount of money you gotta spend to shoot videos and mix down tracks and all that type of shit. And they're just like, man, drop some shit. Well, shit, should I do a GoFundMe? The fuck? Because if I don't do a GoFundMe, what the fuck am I doing that shit for? Except for the fact that, well, I was talking to Ant. Shout out to Spence too, man. Shout out to Ace. Shout out to Ace Spence, man. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Ace Spence, man. Spence Graphics, man. Holler at that man when you get a chance, man. Um, Spence stayed night over there the other night. We was chilling, and I was telling him, I was just like, yo, I was like, man, I don't, I don't mind chilling, but at the same time. Like, I do want to make music, but it's it's not cost effective to make to to make music in studios anymore if you're not gonna have a marketing budget. Shout out to 2021 for letting me know that shit. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not cost effective if you don't have a marketing budget. It's not cost effective to do a studio album. It's more cost effective. To, to teach yourself how to make your own to, to make your own music at home Record it at home And then pay your local engineer Shout out to Ron G, man One yeah, of the best, man sure, You know what I'm saying? Sure. That studio house So, so You so, know what I'm saying? What you're saying is not economically feasible for artists To like Just throw an album out there without Without promoting if you don't, if you don't have a marketing budget, then it don't make. It's not economically feasible to. No matter how gung ho they are about being an indie artist or what. Yeah, I think you should. I think you should still do it, but you have to. You can't be jaded about the fact that you're not gonna make no money off the rip, though. I think you should do it. It's just like it's like anything else. Like you, if, if man, you take your girl to the movies, man, while she on her period. You ain't getting no pussy that night. And the movie costs fucking... You spent $80 taking her out to, for popcorn and a fucking movie. You might, you probably didn't get nothing out of that shit. But at the end of the day, your girl should appreciate that you took her out to the movie and you'll get some pussy later. Okay, well, move, music is the same shit. It's going, you might just invest, man. You know what I'm saying? You, you might not get nothing out, out of it, goddamn, at the moment when you think you're going to get it. And it might seem like a bullshit-ass investment. But, you know, at least you got it. You you got your publishing, you own your publishing and all that type of shit. The point I'm trying to make with that with that analogy is if your girl break up with you if if, if before she give you some cat nigga, then you just took her out to a movie for no reason. Same reason why if a nigga ain't got no marketing, but he got some songs and all that type of shit, where the fuck do them songs go? Mm. Where do they go? They just sit there, right? So, you know, you can go to... The, the smartest route about that is if you're not going to perform them and all that type of shit, sell that fucking music to somebody else who can't rap. They need it. They clearly need it, bro. 
If you listen to the radio, they clearly need I'm pretty sure Cardi B can use the song right now. Yeah, speaking of people who can't rap, you can almost pinpoint a time where these people entered into the music realm and in the music traffic. Like, you was kicking it to me about, like, the 2010s is different from the 2020s. Mm-hmm. Would you like to share that with the class? Oh, yeah, man. The the the, the twenty the twenty tens the twenty tens and the twenty twenties is a fun it's a fun it's a funny thing because one is about one is about money two is about revenge in, in in a shape form or fashion so you got a bunch of niggas who was probably. 18, 19 in the 10s and then all of a sudden they 30, 35 going on 40 in the 20s and the niggas in the 10s with their sons but them niggas ain't bringing their sons with them they left they left their sons alone <laughs> they left their sons all alone man they ain't give a fuck man they got money they got paid and most of them dudes, most of their sons end up getting, get, end up going to jail, um, getting killed or turning into gangbangers. And I'm trying to figure out how the fuck them niggas let that shit happen to them. Like, how you let it happen to them? Like, I can't even front, man. Like, I blame niggas. I blame niggas like G-Unit. I blame niggas like... Like, I blame, I, I blame Snoop Dogg. I blame Nipsey. I blame all the motherfuckers that said they was gonna do better for the hood, but was still talking that gangster shit. And it was, it was so convoluted. And the fucking kids was kids of motherfuckers that was following them, or either, or yeah, they was kids of, of people that's following them. And I'm like, okay, so you mean to tell me? This millionaire fucking gangbanger. Why wouldn't a kid want to be a millionaire gangbanger? He's never gonna make it there. You are literally like the one percent of that shit. Like you are. Like you just are literally the one percent of the motherfucker that's gonna make it that far. Nipsey tried to be Snoop. For some reason, the street let him know that Snoop was a little bit quicker because. Mm. It wasn't like goddamn Snoop wasn't on murder, on, on trial for murder. It wasn't like niggas ain't trying to kill Snoop. Snoop was just a little bit quicker than Nipsey was because they tried to do the same shit to Snoop that they did to Nipsey. They just end up catching Nipsey. It's like you game, like you game bang on a large stage. But anyway, get, get just even away from the game banging, that's just the sad part about it. Yeah. But the 2010 music versus 2020 music is, is like. Um, I don't know It's like these kids are Basically what it is It's the rap version of NIL deals Oh wow Oh It's like you don't even have to reach your potential To start making money yet You used to have to make You used to have to reach your potential to make money But now Now motherfuckers got down 
2020s, bro, you don't even have to you don't even have to reach your potential to make money, dog. These these rappers are basically on nil nil deals, and that's that's what that is. Fast money. It's fast money that won't last money. Unless they, you know, because that's interesting that you pulled that up because nil deals in colleges very interesting and lucrative, you know. Very. Yeah, I mean they 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 should have been did that. You know, I I was always I always talk to my homegirl and we talk about this because she was she was a collegiate athlete at um at University of Alabama man and a, a, a state champion. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and um. I always tell her, I said that you know they should always they should have always gave the kids like they didn't have to get kids money while they was playing ball. They should have just put money in the trust so you don't go to the league. If you go to the league, fine. If you don't go to the league, boom, here go thirty thousand dollars, man. You're you're already on a scholarship, but you can start your life with thirty grand. You can get your apartment or a house or a car, whatever, whatever, decide or invest that thirty thousand dollars with your degree and do all that. They should it, no no student athlete should leave that college broke as fuck. Period. They just shouldn't and to be honest with you, the the NIL deals they cool, but they only work for for, for motherfuckers that goddamn actually stand out. So, you know, everybody else ain't getting shit. What that shit is gonna do, watch. Watch what I tell you. You got to be the dog to get to Listen, bro, to get that guarantee. Bro, watch what I tell you. That shit gonna cause so much goddamn disheart disheartment in the in the goddamn locker room that fucking Imagine imagine the NFL, all the testosterone going on up in there and niggas playing hard, this, that, and the other, and blah, blah. But imagine only three of y'all getting paid. Mm-hmm. What you think that locker room vibe gonna be like, bro? It ain't gonna be. It ain't gonna be, bro. Yeah, we all family. <laughs> nigga. It ain't gonna be that. I put you like this, nigga. Now, I uh, when you when you got here, I offered you a bill, right? Right. Okay then. So it's only two of us though, right? It's only two. Alright, let's put four of us up in here, but all I had was a six pack. But I'm the only nigga with the bill. Right. But four of us up in here and I want I know I want to drink two beers. But it ain't eight beers, so I can't I can't spread it equally. I can give you a beer. I can give another nigga beer. I can give another nigga beer. That leaves me with one beer, right? Yep. Somebody gonna be without. Somebody gonna be assed out, right? Yep. Exactly. And that's how the NIL shit gonna end up being because niggas gonna look out for their homeboys. They gonna the four niggas gonna be getting money. They gonna hang out with the homeboys with a football team and have like what, like fifty players on that motherfucker. Yeah, like thirty five motherfuckers gonna be pissed off, bro. Nobody pays a second string offensive lamb and shit. Better go to class, nigga. Anyways, I was just, <laughs> I was just, I was just comparing that to what what these young niggas is doing, cause they basically got nil deal where niggas is just giving them just enough to live on, and. Other niggas, other niggas around them is hating and shit, and that's why them niggas constantly in beef and shit. Them niggas ain't even really got shit. 
They getting killed over nothing. Over eBay money and fucking fake diamonds that they done made you goddamn believe. The moment they bought, the moment that Diamond Tester actually came on Facebook or YouTube and all that type of shit, they made that shit relevant. And then they were testing that shit against Royce tonight or whatever the fuck the name of that shit is. Yeah. I was just like, man, okay, y'all niggas just stupid at this point. Like, what the fuck? And then once I started seeing niggas' jewelry get extremely large, I was just like, bruh. Did y'all niggas like blow up a whole mountain in Africa or some shit? Where the fuck did you get all this gold? <laughs> fuck all this gold coming from. You got me full of shit, man. Shit, man. No. That mic was on yours, so you could continue with that narrative. But, but, but. I would have said some dumb shit, so it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> but the 2010s, like, what was you listening to? Like, like, what, what was the thing that you thought reigned within, like, let's say 20, 2011, 2012? I know, man, I know, I, I was on credit and currency hall. I know. I was on credit and currency. You was on. I know you was on Fab. I was on Fab really fail. hard. I was on. I was on Fab real hard. A lot man. of people. A lot of people made that run on the uh, what they call the blog era. Yeah. The blog era was a lot of people's albums. They 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 dropped and they got they got they got pushed. Up. Their albums got pushed by people because they was talking about it on all these different blogs. Yeah, like like Cushion Orange Juice, uh, Soul Tape. Um, that's a chance to rap Chance to rap Yeah like yeah. Like, those, like like those guys Like that was like A, a hip hop resurgence It's like those guys Had made a resurgence And they just got They got damped down By the I don't know if it was The insanity of Kanye West Or The The maturation of Of Jay Z Becoming something Bigger than a, Than a hip hop artist because his music to me had never been had never been watered down before until I heard um, the Watch the Throne album. All of a sudden, Jay Z music had got watered down, and that's mm. you know what I'm saying. That's the first time I ever heard him watered down. 
Like, even when Jay-Z had albums that wasn't that dope, it's it, it just because they wasn't that dope. Same way as Nas. You know what I'm saying? They just wasn't that dope. Like, Nostradamus wasn't the best Nas album, but it's some, it's some songs on there if you, if you listen to it. And it's funny because... You know what I'm saying? Because, like, things like Nostradamus are getting released back on, like, vinyl now. Yeah, because they were actually listen, man. They're actually good and, albums, and it, and it's getting put together like how it, it it originally was supposed to be, like with I Am and Nostradamus, their autobiography as it intended to come out. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that there's a, a French Montana song that they scheming. I found out like years ago that uh, the hook for that came from. A Nas song that was supposed to have been on this uh, I Am Nostradamus package. Oh, so Fresh Montana was around then? Or he's. He no, nah, he took, like, the songs got leaked and bootlegged oh, back then, you remember? Got you, got you. Yeah, yeah that's did. why the, that's album, the album switched up the way it did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had to go back and Nas had to go back into the studio and do, like, rush jobs just to not, make fillers like, for the album. I, I put it to you like this, like, the Nasha Diamonds album, I don't even trip off of it because I like the life we chose so much that sometimes, and I don't know about you, D-Rock, but, like, cause some real shit, sometimes an album have a song that's so live on it that the whole album is worth it. Mm-hmm. Just don't give a fuck. And, like, the life we chose, that was the, that was a song for me on that album. It's just, like, the, um... Like like uh, Rakim's the 18th letter song was the R. That shit was that song was just, the shit that P Rock did was just enough for me. Even though that album had at least five songs that I love, probably more, but that song was just enough. It didn't even matter. Like some albums just got songs that one song just be enough, and so because it invites you, it's like. It's kind of like when somebody invites you to their house and the first thing they do is give you a, a cold cold iced tea with lemon and all that type of shit. You take, you take a sip of that shit while you was hot, you was outside, hot as fuck. And you take a cold sip of that, you take a sip of that cold iced tea with lemon in it. Boom, that shit tastes so good. And then they ask you, do you want lunch? And they just give you a bologna sandwich and cheese. And yeah, it's just a bologna sandwich and cheese, but you now nah, but you got this cold ass iced tea. That bologna sandwich ain't so bad. You know what I'm saying? Like you gonna eat that shit cause you hungry too. So you gonna eat it, you ain't gonna be like, ah oh, shit. This bitch you give me a cup of water and a bologna sandwich. Am I in jail or some shit? No, you gotta <laughs> dude, this shit got cheese on it. It's nice bread. But it is bologna and cheese. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they didn't give me they they didn't give me no no steak or they ain't, they ain't, fucking souffle or, They ain't hook you up with the Vermont ham like yeah, like, like boys like boys here. Yeah, yeah. dog. Nah, they, they ain't hook you up with none of that age shit, dog. Nah, yeah, you know yeah. Age uh age Swiss. Exactly. You got none of that. But you ain't get no gouda. But you ain't get no gouda on the sandwich. You ain't get no gouda on no monster, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> so but you got that cold sweet drink when you walked in out out the goddamn heat though. Yeah, you did. And so everything is good after that. That's sometimes how I look at albums. Like sometimes I look at albums like, okay, you gave me, you gave me what I wanted. Everything else might just be okay, 
but I'm just happy that you gave me what you what I wanted. Now I can figure out whether I can get used to this fucking bologna sandwich, which is the rest of your fucking album, or I can realize that maybe um, bologna sandwiches ain't that bad because they're still fulfilling, but maybe it's just not mine. My bologna sandwich season. <laughs> so we go back and we listen to those albums and we realize some of those songs are doper than we thought that they were. Because our expectations were so crazy at the time when we first heard it. Right. That's the thing I want people to realize is like, remember your expectations for certain stuff. Remember your expectations for listening to uh, J. Cole, Friday Night Lights. Kendrick Lamar, Section 80. Man, don't get me talking about Section 80. Section 80 is a whole movement, if you ask me. Uh, Section shit, 80 I had, would me, just... had me had, had, had boutiques spending three, four hundred dollars on sneakers, dog. That was that. That was that. That was that. My that was that time of my life, bro. Like that's living in Atlanta, just like yo skate like not even nigga. I don't skateboard, nigga, but. That skater clothes was live as fuck, and that shit cost a grip. And you had to go to the boutiques to get that shit, and Section 80 was the movement of that period of my life. That's that's the 2010s, nigga. That's 2000 and probably... Uh, 2000 and actual 10. Man. Because ain't, ain't swimming pools on Section 80? Swimming... Swimming pools... Nah, that was on the album. Good Kid Mad City. That was on Good Kid Mad City. That was on Good Kid Mad City. I think I think the Section 80 shit I heard was a mix Section 8 was a mixtape. That Section 80. Nah, Section, Section 80 wasn't album. It got treated. It got treated it got treated like a mixtape, though. Okay. That's one of those albums. I just remember I remember It was man. really his proper debut, like Good Kid Mad City was his major label debut. I remember uh meeting um Oh boy, skater, that's who put me on to that shit, man. My homeboy introduced me to uh, what's that nigga? Terry Kennedy. Yeah. Terry Kennedy, man, the black skater dude that had had a, had a deal with with uh with Super. Uh huh. And he was sponsoring a, a store down downtown East Atlanta called Yeah, Skate Terry Teak. Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. Called Skate Teak. And when I went when I went up to Skate Teak, that was the first time I heard Section Eighty. For real, for real, like being bumped hard. Ryan Craig, man, shout out to Ryan Craig, Kings Tune to a sure, sure, for sure. He was already he was already on top of that. He was bumping that, but them boys were bumping that shit hard. And that was a movement, bro. Like that that was a movement. Like I don't think everybody everybody tapped into that though, but I think the it was certain it was certain cats, man. I mean shit, I own a pair of vans now because of those times. I wasn't ever on to it when I was down here because that shit was always for the white boys with the big ass pants they used to shop shop and what's the name? I don't shop up. Yeah, nigga play hacky sack and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? That was the pants, cool. the pants, yeah, the mud flap. Yeah, dog. Yeah, the pants they look like mud flap. Yeah, that, that that was always them, but. That was a crazy style when you go back and think about it, man. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was. You talk about mid late nineties, right there. Yeah, bro. <laughs> they was rocking Doc Martens and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
in like 2010s, I think that that was the beginning of, of like like black hippie skater culture blending together properly. That was the beginning of skinny jeans. I mean, that was always I got you in that point in time because I was about to time. say I was going to say that's always been black skateboarders and stuff, but they it kind of like hit the height at that time, and then and that's what made that's what made Dupe. That's when we got Lupe. That's when we got Lupe. That's when we got Wiz Khalifa. That's when we got Lil Wayne making truck fit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's yeah. That's when we got, we got Volcom. That's like around got, uh, 2005, got, 2006. We got, we got fucking Pharrell saying to call himself Skateboard P. Skateboard P. You know what I'm saying? Um, that was that That was that era of hip-hop, man, that where... It's actually lending itself to the freedom that we have now, but from a from a um, a cultural standpoint, the music was way the music was way more. Um, it was it was probably more Mob Deep and less goddamn fucking Cindy Lauper, because that's what we at now. That's what we at now. The Kylie Minogue. Yes, we 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 at pop and emotional shit. And the niggas who's actually kicking some real street shit, niggas be like, oh, for real, nigga, you mean that shit? And they just kill them niggas. They just, like, like. It was a slew. It was a slew of rappers that was coming out in the 2020s. Like, post, like, okay, who was the guy that got killed? Uh, I know Triple S Temptation. Yeah, I didn't even get my. I, I didn't even get a chance to, to get to like that dude, and I was wrong about him because I thought he was a part of that same wave that I was talking about. Yeah. And about the 2020 wave, but he was. He was really way more, way more talent, way, way more goddamn existential of a rapper. Like his catalog would have got so dope if he just had the time to put it out. Who else was the? Uh, who else was the uh, big, 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 big Bond or somebody King like that? Bond. King Von. Yeah, but yeah. King Von had killed so many people that he eventually had to die. That's just God doing his job. I'm just sorry. So just it's so much. It's so much. It's so much so that would you say that that ain't had nothing to do with rap? Yeah, ain't had shit to do with rap, man. And it's, that's it's that's, like, bro, how many people you killed? Zero, right? Right. Me zero. What we doing on a what? What is today? What? what is it Saturday? It's Saturday. Alright then bro. I got up today and cleaned up my fucking cleaned up my fucking law. You probably did some cool shit for your family. We sitting here trying to enlighten the people. We not out here beefing with nobody, fucking nobody, baby mama, beefing damn beefing on the internet, goddamn writing insane ass rap songs about niggas and they problems and shit. We not yeah. doing that. We promote positivity. But the funny thing is, is that people don't realize that. My bad. I'm gonna take that back because I hate saying that. I hate. I hate hearing the term these days. Like, cause I watch too many reels and, and folks always say people don't realize. No, no. People fucking realize, but they just don't want to goddamn comprehend that at the end of the day, when you just actually breathe positivity over and over again, when that like when that's the norm for you. 
that's the thing that you do, then that's how your life looks. So that comes with the music too. Like the negativity in the music is not anybody telling you that you can't say what you want to say or whatever, whatever. But man, this shit been terrible when it comes to that shit. Like let's let's talk about the elephant in the room. Sexy Red might be the worst person I've ever met or not met or seen on the fucking television in my entire life that calls themselves a rapper. How is that even fucking possible, bro? This bitch, yes, I said it, this bitch went viral for being booed and that's how she got her goddamn deal. How the fuck you get a deal for going viral for being booed? The whole crowd told her she was ass that's what, when I say, man, I don't give a fuck about this rap shit right now, it's because of shit like that. Man, I mean, hold on. Dude. I miss, I miss who you was talking about. Sexy Red, bro. Oh, okay, okay, okay. She went viral for being booed, bro. Man. And then, shortly after that, she became one of the most popular goddamn MCs in the world. I feel the same way about Doja Cat. Listen, man. I feel the same way about Doja Cat as far as like how folks got in. As far as how folks got in, like it was the same type of thing, but everybody didn't have that same type of heat for for uh, Doja Cat. It's the same type of whackness to me though. Right. Like I'm not on sexy red so hard because I know that's just a product. She's just a product of this game the way that they got it now. Oh and no, they got she, it now, she... and they got it now to where. There is no positive music. Uh, even getting considered to I'm be like album buddy. Yeah. Hey, Rolling Stone Rolling Stone is trolling people in real time yes. with the fucked up list. That's why I said well, a few Stone episodes anymore. a few episodes ago, I had one titled No More List. Because like folks are falling victim falling, folks are falling victim to this to this to this type of content forming and and, and follower and and uh, engagement forming and stuff like that. Rolling Stone using that shit to his advantage by saying ski uh ski ye is the best rap song for two thousand three. Listen, bro, listen. That shit is bullshit. I'm, and I'm I'm hearing I'm, I'm right looking now, at man. women. Women are telling me that song is bullshit. They but, know it's bullshit. And this is the thing. Let's keep it a buck. Rolling Stone used to be one of my favorite magazines. Matt Tyvee, shout out to him because he always keep it a buck. So shout out to Matt Tyvee, man, one of the, one of the greatest editorialists that used to write for, for Rolling Stone. Stone. I, I used to literally crack open Rolling Stone just to check out his articles because they were always informative. It was never about no bullshit. He was writing articles like Vice do articles before yeah. before there was Vice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I always loved his shit, but that sort of content is dead. But if you mm. control motherfuckers enough, you can get people to think about Rolling Stone again. Let me let me check it out because people are not buying paperback shit like they used to, and you might not be subscribed to Rolling Stone. And what's gonna make you be subscribed to Ro- to Rolling Stone if you got media takeout, the shade room? And all the reels on your phone and all that type of shit. It's very little that's gonna make you be. Some, I haven't. I haven't seen the U.S. today. U.S. U.S.A. Today, today in the longest. I used to. I used to read that shit on a regular basis, bro. I ain't watch CNN in the longest. Why would I do that shit, man? People have literally shot to 2023 also for allowing folks to become their own fucking journalists. 
do their own research and just goddamn no pop up a random podcast about oh, whatever man. news that they want to kick, kick goddamn and I, do their... Uh, shout I out think, to them for that shit. I think this year beat last year as far as like how people just jumped on podcasts because they felt they needed to. Well, I'm just saying, like, it's like... Some people out here just throwing stuff out there. It's a lot of perspective. No, yeah. They're hoping they'll stick to the wall. Well, you know, I mean... Oh, shout out to Hassan Campbell for thinking he can go down to the Bronx and just kick it and not get shot for being a dumbass. (laughs) Shout out to you, brother. Um, Yeah. Shout out to Charleston White also. Oh, man. Oh, man. For being one of the most ignorant, intelligent motherfuckers I've ever heard of or seen in my damn life. Two things can't be right. Two things can't be right. Right. Like, like really, he enjoying the celebrity of it all. You know, I see what he's doing. You know, he started off with the with the uh, positive podcasting and, and, and reels and videos and stuff. And then, like, he changed his whole tone when folks weren't feeling that shit. So he went to the whole, yeah. Fuck Jay-Z, fuck Nas, fuck everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he turned in, he, he real deal turned into Uncle Ruckus for real. He, 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 he took cross to see Uncle Ruckus and how it started at this point. No, I mean... It's just shock value shit. It's shock value, definitely. But he started seeing some real coin once he changed his tune. Like, when, once he went to, like, all right, once he found out y'all don't want to hear this positivity, I got some idiot shit for y'all. Uh-huh. Boom. Then all of a sudden, niggas start listening. Mm-hmm. For whatever cost, at whatever cost, well, by, by, by any means. Exactly. It's just like if I got on. It's just like if I got on fresh my first dog, and I just started saying some fucked up shit about a local artist that I don't fuck with, and I'd be like, man, fuck that bitch or fuck that nigga, whatever, whatever. Yeah. I guarantee you. I'm not saying you get more views or we'll get more views. I guarantee you that it would definitely be slightly more views and a lot more comments if I was on that type of time. But guess what? Over here on this side, it's positivity. We're not mad at nobody. Like not a damn soul. We just hope everybody does better. And we wish that for I wish I hope D Rock do better, man. And not cause he's doing bad. I just hope he do better. And I'm pretty sure D Rock says the same thing about me. Not like you doing bad, but I hope you can do better. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm damn wishing for every single last person. Just cause I say, man, do better. Don't mean that you're doing bad. I just want you to do better. Because that's the only way you get to best. That's the only way you get to excellent. It's to do better than you were doing the day before. So, nah. I'm not going to say that. So, therefore, maybe maybe we'll, we'll never get likes off of negativity. But everybody should wake up in the morning and know that there's people that think like you. And be able to get some sort of understanding about life that doesn't have anything to do with um, tumultuous competition and all that type of shit. This person got to be better than that person. This nigga ain't working with that person. It blah, blah, blah. It, it ain't, it ain't got to be all that. We all got obligations. Handle your fucking obligations. And know that the person that you're dealing with whether it be your mate, your friend, 
your family member, they all have obligations. And the best thing that we can do is support them when we can and leave them up the fuck alone when you can. If you can't help, you shouldn't have much to say if you can't fucking help. In other words, you can't, don't tell me I'm skinny or say like, man, you look like you need to, when the last time you ate? Man, I ate since yesterday. Oh, damn, that's fucked up. Man, shut the fuck up. If, why the fuck you asked me the last time I ate and you ain't got shit for me to eat, nigga? I know when the last time I Why is you even telling me this shit? People have critiques and shit from people and shit that have no actual, no way to solve that shit or whatever, whatever. But we'll critique you about some shit with absolutely no way to solve it. <laughs> Y'all leave that shit back in 2023. Don't ask me if I'm thirsty and you don't got no water in your hand, nigga. I know if I'm fucking thirsty. Hey, man, you want something? Man, shit, you look like you thirsty. You look dehydrated. Oh, really? I look dehydrated? Alright. Now what do I do? Oh, yeah, I, work, I walk further, motherfucker, because you're not giving me a ride, nor did you have water. What the fuck was your point of pointing out shit that I need that you can't help me with? Who the fuck does that? You think a nigga don't know he hungry, or a nigga don't know he thirsty, or a nigga don't know he broke, or a nigga don't know that he need a bitch, or a nigga don't know everything that he fucking needs in this world? Why point that shit out? You know why you point that shit out? You know why people point that shit out, bro? They point that shit out, bro, because it makes them feel better because they know that they got a bottle of water in their car. They got a bitch. They got a car. They got a ride and all that type of shit. And they're just so happy to be blessed with the things that they have that when they point it out to you, they're like, yeah. Nah. That's some fuck shit. Y'all stop doing that shit because I, I don't worry. Personally, myself, I don't worry about it, man. I always, there's always water in my house, beer, food. Pussy comes in and out. It doesn't matter. I got friends. I got support system and all that type of shit. But y'all stop doing that shit to people, man. Y'all stop asking people what what the fuck they got down. Um, what the fuck they ain't got and all that type of shit if you can't help them. Stop talking about people that don't have shit and you ain't going to give them shit. I just want to say that once again for 2023 since we was going through all the fuck shit that people have been doing. Um, in, this, in, in this past yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's see. Let's see how many of the podcasts put that on that year end list. The fuck shit, the fuckery. Yeah, stop. 2023. Stop making yourself fuckery. feel better because goddamn, you got you got shit that another person don't got and you ain't gonna help, man. Just shut the fuck up and let that person suffer if that's the case. Nigga ain't got shit, let him just not have shit. Don't remind him of it. The fuck does that? Some suck ass shit. So anyway. The same people that, uh. That say we ain't in the hood no more. <laughs> the same people that that think that rappers giving turkeys for Christmas. Yeah, turkeys uh, and bikes away. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. They think that's uplifting the community. That absolves them of all pity crimes that they have done. Did you eat a turkey for Christmas this year, D-Rock? I did. You job, did? Yeah, job gave me turkey. See, that's what I'm saying. Was it a rapper, though? No, no. Did you get a rapper turkey? No, a rapper. I ain't get no... Rapper, no. turkey. <laughs> I I did receive. <laughs> I didn't receive a turkey from no popular rapper this year. So no rapper turkeys. This year? No rapper turkeys this year. Just jive turkeys. Jive turkeys. It's definitely jive turkeys. Yeah. 
<laughs> Curtis Metcalf, Fresh of My Fresh podcast host here. And just want to wrap things up with this episode. It was going somewhere, and then it went somewhere left. It went somewhere right. It went somewhere on the eight diag- diagram Tekken fighting stands. Eight-way run. So, I'm just going to end it like this. Yo, peace to all the creatives and all the sponsors and supporters and listeners. I appreciate you. We appreciate you very much. Um, Reach out to me through here. I think you can leave voice notes on here. Or, you know, if you listen on Spotify, you know, run those run those listens up. Uh, Deadstock and I have a couple more, like, little outtakes I'm going to add to the episode. Um, it's, it's New Year's Eve. Salute to all you and yours. Y'all be safe out here because, like, it's kind of crazy in Mobile right now. Folks is shooting up everywhere, and it's crazy. Uh, this is really an emotional season. This part of the year is real emotional for a whole lot. Uh, people with relationships trying to start them. Some ended. Um, you know, just watch out for yourselves and, and, and get back to to the real love and supporting each other. Um, big shout-outs to folks like uh, Bama Baby, my barber, um, my man Markel Williams. Had a real deal conversation. Shout out to everybody who I've had serious conversations with because 2023 was a doozy. Everybody online I had serious conversations with and continue with, and also the ones that I hadn't had pleasant conversations with online and in real life because they are on that side right now. It was supposed to happen. Everything that was meant to happen will happen. Kind of like a Murphy's Law thing. Yeah, so from from this point on, we be better than what we were. The season six coming soon. It's all that's crazy. Merry Christmas to everyone listening to this. Cause this is one of those Christmases. Uh as a bonus supplement. Another episode of the Fresh of My Fresh podcast man and i didn't climb i didn't climb in the dead start jay's crib the vanish point and um we we have some things we want to talk about we need we need y'all out there to know first one of those things is like cherish life yeah you got to really embrace life and really do it i'm seeing a lot of that in a lot of what I see, just of how people move and everything. And it's a blessing to have that type of clarity within your life. We in here listen to some new AZ and it, and it just the just AZ thriving in this period right here. Cause like he had an album out last year. Or was it this? Or was it? Is was it the last year? Or this year? 
people drop projects so so much and so fast. It's just like it's not hard to keep up. It's still on that. If you if you tight with it, you hear something the first time, and it sticks to you. But it's so much. A lot of that ain't that. But I see. There's so much content out there. You you you. A lot of you, things are vying for your attention. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of things are vying for your some, attention. Something could come out like two years, like two years ago, and it just—that's how long it take to get to you. Like the algorithm, if you ain't checking, like I literally have to type in people, like what I uh, type people artist name, name and the year. You know what I'm saying? Like I gotta be like, yo, AZ 2023, just to see if they drop something. Yeah. Because the algorithm might not have pushed it towards my way. For some reason. And we ain't doing the same things that we used to. Like getting out and going and buying records and all that type of stuff. So Listen like, to the radio. Yeah, it's, it's, well, tuning in to the radio. I mean, all right. But what I'm, Just yeah. for example. Yeah, but I'm saying. For example. Right, if you I don't tell me about it, I might not know, I might not know that it ever came out. You might hear something on the radio. What well, I come from it from the from the angle of man, that was a time where WBLS played Coogee rap, it's a shame. Oh no, I uh, yeah. willfully. Like yeah. you heard that shit. That shit was that shit was not on no countdown. That that's some shit that made me wonder. Well, who at the radio station like really rapping like that? Was it Nick doing this? I, I don't know. I know it was Chris Coleman when he was here. Okay, so yeah, shout out to Chris and you know what I'm saying? All that he ever did, he he ended up on the uh what you call it? He ended up on the uh on a what's, KRS-One what's, album. What's, what's the homie that ended up up, up in Atlanta, man? Because I used to listen to him when I was living up in Atlanta. Greg Street. Greg Street, yeah. You know saying? Shout out to Greg Street. Because Greg Street used to be on this shit when I, was, when I was living down here when I was younger. Yeah. And, of course, Nick at Night. Nick at Night will put you on, will put you on some live shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Of course, man. That nigga used to break records like a motherfucker. I mean, I love, I love my nigga Sweat and Luke, but... They on during the day when they be on, and sometimes playing music during the day, you can break records, but you can only do so much because they still, you know what I'm saying? That nighttime, that dead, that dead time where everybody like, I don't know what. I guess when the boss go home, right? I guess that's what it is for real, for real. Like when the boss go home and you still up in there, they don't care what you play, and that's how it used to sound like with Nick. And Greg Street, to me, but Greg Street was gonna be different because the '90s was different. But for, for the late '90s, yeah. Shout out to Nick and Knight, man. Shout out to the other DJs too, man. All y'all salute, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to think. It was our, it, they had they was playing. We had got you know whether we knew it or not. We was in that era of where DJs that were like local and was getting up for real. They was making mixes. They was getting cats. The whole radio game since about 96, we kind of like seen it firsthand down here. Like, you know, the politics of getting something played on the radio. You want your stuff to be played next to whoever had to hit record. Whoever had to hit record. So they did that. They did that network. Whatever network they was working on for that time, that involved more DJs than anything. And it was more DJs that was coming from out of town. You know, they were like putting value in the radio market down here because BLX was the major urban radio station at that time, you know. 
and and the thing about it too. Is it's it's before they bought GOK and stuff. You know when everything was like separate channels. You could catch more black music down here on on at least three three radio stations. I'm, 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 Cause they had the AM stations too. They had the AM stations too. Yeah. So I'm, all of that elevated to what we started seeing in the nineties and stuff, and what we would later see. I'm, 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 I just when you was when you was talking about that, and that's a complete valid point. When you was talking about that, it made me think. I was like, yo, I see more major artists come to Mobile, Alabama. Before everybody in Mobile, Alabama wanted to be major artists, and that's they was coming. The, you know what I'm saying? They was and coming. The, the, they was here. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I think, I think like the Hot Boys and No Limit and all them was always here. The same way that Boosie was always showing up. The same way that Prince showed up. Same way I, I met Bobby Brown. The same way I met MC Hammer. The same way I'm, you know, what I'm saying. Same there's always been, there's like, always been a, 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 a somewhat major so, music network here. Yeah, so or they, some, something was working to where major artists that you would just hear on the radio would be here, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And um, that, those, those, those were the days. And that, and the funny thing about that is, we talking about rock and roll hall of famers, right? All of that. Right. We talking about all of that. We talking about rock and roll hall of famers. Now the the artists that they play on the radio, they they do come down here too, but they really don't even have to. They don't really have to because most of them rap the exact same way that everybody in Mobile rap anyway. So you can just do local shows without even have to pay all that money for that shit. Every now and again, you might bring a young, uh, money bag yo or somebody like that or whatever, whatever. But to be honest with you, you got a money bag yo already down here. I don't know who it is. I ain't saying no names or nothing, but you already probably got one. Pretty sure you do. Because biting don't exist no more. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it just don't exist no more. So there's a mobile version of money bag yo, so you don't have to pay goddamn 20 racks to bring that nigga down there. This nigga will do a show. For free liquor. Mobile. Anyway. <laughs> mobile. It, it, it's funny. That's funny. You pointed that out. And Mobile mobile truly is like that. Like, it's like everybody. One of the one of the most successful things you could do is sell a tape or a CD out your trunk. Yeah. I've gotten that feeling on like three or four different occasions, bro. Mm-hmm. Or I didn't push somebody who was on that and how they elevated. Yeah. You know, you might stay on one thing for a long time, but as long as you stayed on it to where you 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 made money off of it, you know. That's the thing I ain't seen somebody just straight up do in Mobile. It's always we got our we got our uh, name on wax or a CD or cassette. We didn't got it. We didn't went through the you know. Ordering, like ordering shit from disc makers. Yeah, I, I just feel getting like, your own graphics together. Yeah, like that, that was, that was, that was a task, and I just always felt like if, if whatever money I put in to making this music, if I made that back with music, I was good. I was fine. Just breaking even with music was was good enough for me. Yeah, because I understood what content was. And content lasts forever. So I can always, as long as I got my publishing and I got all that, I just always have that content. So as long as I, as long as I was able 
to if I bought a beat machine just to make an album for myself, but I end up selling enough beats to where it, the beat machine paid itself off, mm-hmm. then I'm good. I'm not mad at it. Like I, I never gonna be the mad rapper behind that shit or whatever, whatever, because it already paid itself off. So, I mean, like at the end of the day, you gotta learn how to you gotta learn how to let music make make money for you, so you don't have to act like a sucker. And be begging niggas to do shit or acting like some old suck ass niggas saying and, and, and crash dummying out because that's the way to be popular and all that type of shit. Like, yeah, niggas, okay. You might get paid for a couple shows, but somebody gonna shoot your ass, nigga. I'm just telling you, man, you, you're a little volatile and God don't like what you're talking about, so good luck. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the type of time I be on. I just wanna break even when it comes to music, man. The rest of that stuff is. Some interruptions are great interruptions for you to connect with people that's been trying to reach you or been on their mind or just trying to reach that wavelength and stuff, you know. You got a gang of work in front of you to do some goals you done set for yourself, personal goals, and then, you know, if you if you the executive type, you running a business, you running a network, your friendships is, is your network, so don't leave that out. And shout out to Don Palmer, the great Don Palmer, who hit me up with some ideas. We always hitting each other up with some ideas and stuff, you know. Yeah, he, and it, he, he out there in the big in that in that music entertainment executive world that we often speak of and out there achieving it doing it you know what i'm saying like you know really hits you back and says yo i got this set up and this set up and all i need you is to be there to run your game you know you know just as somebody who can real deal Throw you the lob pass like that, and know you're gonna get the points in the end one, maybe. Bro, the ones that you get from people that know you, that, that fuck with you for real, that care about you, care about you and your family and all that type of stuff, you always gotta take heed to those. But you only find yourself in those places, man, when you don't be shitting on your homie when he's when he, when he, when he struggling or when he's he hustling and trying to get into the industry and trying to do something. You don't be like, oh, man, this, that, and the other. Like, you, you got you to gotta be with your homies because when, when, you, when you know they working hard, they'll reach back. And those are cats that you want to work with. Exactly. You know what I mean? Those are cats you want to work with. Exactly. Those cats are like blessings and stuff, especially yeah, exactly. when, you know, especially when they was a whole part of the scene before. And then, you know, through, through personal ambition of trying to make it you got into so much you got into so much other part you see that part of the business world that actually folks be working 
in. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is how certain people get signed. This is how projects come to life. This is how, yeah, this is how, this is such and such. Because life is about percentages, right? Yeah. So, like, at the end of the day, if 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 it's 10 of y'all, and all 10 of y'all are trying to accomplish the same goal, you already know that 9 times out of 10, is going to be 4 out of 10 of y'all that actually can get to exactly where you want to get to. So, who works full-time? I want to do an example I to just, show them. Y'all going to decide whether y'all know, reach back for the other six people or not. And your dreams can be difficult and to find something for them to do. Or this maybe six other people just said fuck it and left it alone and decided to become middle school teachers or some shit like that. Because that happens. That happens. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But it's just the, the law of averages is like four out of ten people will, will do exactly what they set out to do. Four out of ten. Four out of ten. Four out of ten people will set out and do exactly what, what they what they want to do, and the other six people will either change their mind or need the help of those other four people to to get what they exactly wanted to do. That's that's just life, G. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just life. I mean, not even to mention the fact that one of those folks probably gonna die. So there's that part. I mean. Like, I was talking to my girl earlier, she was just like, we was looking at that movie, we came in, dude, we was looking at the movie, she was like, damn, that shit hurts, I was like, man, yo, I was like, life, yo, life, life is, life is wild like that, like, it just really is wild like that. Ain't no filter on life. Nah, yeah, <laughs> like, what? Ain't like, no filter on life. If you can imagine it, if you can imagine it, it can happen, so that goes for good and bad. Everybody be looking at what's the best thing that can happen to me or what's the worst thing that can happen to me. Man, it's something in the middle that you really ain't gonna like. Because the worst thing, that's somebody else's problem because you're dead. The best thing is your problem because now you super fucking rich and you got people fucking with you. Trying to goddamn, trying, trying to either take your money from you or take advantage of the fact that you're wealthy. Worst thing that can happen to you is something that happens in the middle that you could never calculate. That's where all the crazy, stupid shit happens. So, if I could give anybody listening to this podcast today some a blessing for Christmas, pay attention to the middle. Don't pay attention to all the stuff that you wish could happen or the, sh- or the shit you wish don't happen. Pay attention to what the fuck is going on in the middle because that's what's fucking with you every day. There's a lot of action in the, in the middle. There's a lot of action in the middle, bro. There's a lot of action in the middle. <laughs> a lot of action in the middle. Yeah, you know, the start could be a prelude while the end could be the conclusion, the grand conclusion, but in the middle is where all the action. Yeah, bro. And you can actually enjoy a whole bunch of stuff in the middle, but the problem is that you have to ask yourself whether you're focusing on whether you're focusing on the the beginning and the end so much that you're not paying attention to the middle. That's what you gotta ask yourself. That's the thing. This you is wake up every day story. thinking about how you gonna go, or you waking up every day thinking about, man, this ain't my best life. It could be better. Yeah, you kind of fucking up because works very well. Sometimes you wake up and that is your best life, nigga. Not even sometimes. You alive, so that is your best life. It's your only life, so it has to be your best life. Even if it, even if you feel like it's shitty, it's technically your best life, nigga, because it's the only one you got, and, and, you, and you woke up. So, 
if you don't like your best life, mm. you real deal got to blame yourself for that shit. Because you the one that decided that shit. You did. The only way that you didn't is if you were a POW. Like, if you like a prisoner of war or some shit. But you kind of decided that shit, too, if you wasn't drafted. Because they asked you that you want to sign the papers to be in the military. So, technically, you still decided to be a POW. So, unless you was just forced into some fuckery, yeah. Our decisions have consequences. All the time. Every single day, man. All of them. I don't care if it's living under, fucking living next door to a power plant. And you wonder why everybody on the block got canceled. This, that, and the other. Whatever, whatever. Man, nigga, you move there. Okay? So, you saw the CNN shit. You saw the, you saw the shit on YouTube. And you wasn't like, man, I think we might need to uh, move from over here. It seemed like our kids are abnormally getting sick around this bitch. You know what I'm saying? All the kids in the neighborhood bald-headed to the motherfucker. Maybe we should get the fuck from around here. I don't know what we can do about these kids, but we don't need to make no more kids around this motherfucker. Nah, they just stay there and just assume that God don't like them, I guess. Just saying. I know this shit ain't about what we normally talk about, but I, I just just for the holiday, I just wanted to get some advice about understanding understanding your um the decisions that you make and how that shit impacts your life and you can't blame anybody for it. And to piggyback off what you was talking about about Don Palmer is the fact that you believe in him, so he believes in you. And that's that's the thing. When friends believe in one another, man, you never know what they can do for you going forward in life or what you can do for them going forward in life to help them. Friends at any at any rate at life. Like, I've been knowing I've been knowing Paul Palmer's a dude I really broke into rap with, you know? Like, my first group was with him. And so, things developed quick. The chemistry, chemistry started getting locked in. And then, you know, the whole concentration was on getting sharp. He had to hustle. He had to hustle, so 